Welcome Home Radio Podcast. Are you looking to buy or sell your home? Our team is here with answers to guide you through the buying and selling process. We encourage you to ask questions. Please comment on this show or visit us at welcomehomeradio.net for more information. Bringing real estate, lending, and education together in one place and to help you make the right home decision for you and your family. Here are your hosts, Blair Thomas, Tom Holm, Alan Pace, and Jeff Duffy. And welcome to Welcome Home Radio, where real estate, lending, and learning come together. It is July 12th. I hope everyone's staying cool and hydrated out there in this wonderful Texas weather and had a wonderful Independence Day. We've got a great conversation for you today, all about insurance. And I want to welcome our guest, Jill Jones with ORH Insurance. We're just so thrilled that you're here, Jill. Appreciate you. Thank you. As well as my co-hosts, Tom, Jeff, and Alan. Gentlemen, how are you and how was your Independence Day? It was very independent. Well, good. Good for you. Well, listen, we're going to be getting into it because we're seeing a lot of things about insurance and understanding why costs are going up. Jill is here to tell us and help us understand as well as what can you do about rising insurance, whether it be with auto, whether it be with home. Let us get into that. So right off the bat, Jill, first tell us where you're from. What is ORH and all of that, please? Sure. Um, thank you for having me, first of all. I really appreciate the opportunity and I'm happy to give you a little background on me. I'm in Frisco um, and have been here for 20 years and um, my agency is new within the last five years. Uh, ORH is actually an acronym. Um, it's kind of a nod to my dad as well as a nod to my heavenly father. Uh, my father's name was Otis Robert Howell. And the year before I was planning to open my agency, um, my devotionals that year were all about trust in me, rest in me. And I tried to name my uh, agency after my dad and I couldn't get any version of his name approved by the state. And um, so my husband suggested, why don't you just use his initials? And I thought, oh, well, okay, um, it's not going to mean anything. And he said, well, you know, let's try it. And sure enough, we submitted ORH, it came back approved. And about two nights later, I sat straight up in bed and I thought, ORH, only rest in him. And so I've been um, really excited about it since then. Because <laughs> uh, I feel like it's kind of a mandate. I feel like it's, you know, just uh, a mandate that, you know, this is God's business and I'm just here to walk out the details. And so that's Amen. why I, I keep putting one foot in front of the other and off we go. Amen. Well, so glad to have you here. And uh, what a wonderful background of your faith as well as your business desire and representative of your father. Um, now, let's help our listener audience understand what, what does a standard homeowner's insurance policy cover? I mean, a lot of people get home hazard, whatever we want to call it, hazard insurance or so forth. But what does a home insurance policy cover for someone? Yeah, thanks. That's a great question. So there are several different policies out there. That's the first thing. They are not all built the same. So depending on what you want it to cover, um, you can have a very, very basic policy or you can have a very robust policy. And so it's not, they're not the same. And that's why it's important to work with your agent to find out what you have. And then is that what you want? 
So what does a, a standard policy, if if you were just saying, look, I want to have home coverage for X. Yeah. You can have um, basically an, uh, a named perils policy, which is going to cover nine things, basically nine to 13 things on the list. And if your particular loss is not on that list, then it's not covered. Um, you can have an all risks policy, which covers the gamut of things and everything in between. Um, but for the most part, on a general general basis, um, it covers all the basics, fire, uh, wind and hail, uh, burglary, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. What it does not cover, what no homeowner's policy covers is flood. And that's something that people need to be aware of. That's a separate policy that you have to buy separately from your homeowner's insurance. Okay, so flood is one of those extra on top of your standard policy. Yes. Now, is the foundation included in a standard policy? Because that's a pretty big cost. You covered the roof, but how about the foundation? Uh, it can be. You can add foundation coverage, but it's not going to cover the foundation in the sense that people think about that. So it covers the resulting damage. Should something happen to the foundation, if there's resulting damage to your home, that would be covered. But the foundation itself, um, that that's not necessarily covered by, that's considered a maintenance issue and insurance doesn't cover maintenance. And First off, I want to say, listeners, please follow us at welcomehomeradio.net. Like us, find us on the multiple platforms we are on, as well as Ed Monkey Butt. Please add Tom back in. He's waiting to come in. We'd love to have him. But we're talking insurance today. And again, flood insurance is something extra. And as I understand it, Jill, flood insurance is paid directly to FEMA. Is that correct? It does not held by any group or anything that is paid directly to FEMA, as, as I understand? Actually, no. There are private carriers that are offering front okay. insurance now. So um, you have more choices than, than you used to have. But um, the the majority of people uh, still think of, of FEMA as the provider. Okay. But there, well, are, there are carriers making inroads there. Is, sure. there a big, is there a big difference in the right between FEMA and the private carriers now? Um, not necessarily. Um, and I think the private carriers offer you more coverage. Uh, the, it's, I think that's a, that's a whole other topic in and of itself is flood insurance. So, yeah, but there's, there's choices now. Well, it depends on if whether you're rated into a flood zone or not. Is that correct? correct? Yes, that's you, correct. So, so the rate, you could still have flood insurance on your home, not be in a flood zone the rates would be definitely different than somebody in a flood zone. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. now one of the things our listeners probably either do not understand or don't know, because most people don't, is that your credit score impacts your insurance rates. It certainly does. Yes. And um, it's it's part of the the insurance score is made up of several things, your credit score being one of them. And so that's actually a great way to reduce your cost in terms of homeowners insurance, because if you can work on your credit score, um, it has a direct impact to your rate. And what else goes into a calculation of insurance rates other than just credit? What what uh, other claims history? Your insurance score is is kind of a compilation of your claims history, your credit, and several other factors as well, um, and and that determines. Uh, the score that they give you, and then that score determines your rate. Please help our audience know what does claims history mean? How many times you actually have filed a claim, your propensity to file a claim, the statistical 
likelihood that you will file a claim. Um, there's several things um, that go into that. And, and I think I think it, it comes down to it's just like car insurance, which you deal with as well. Mm -hmm. um, the propensity for a 19 to 25 year old male to have an accident as opposed to a 35 year old. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, and the history of you actually having uh, now, does that follow, does that history follow you as you change homes or does that history just stay with that home location and it changes each time you change or sell, sell and buy a home? It's, it's a combination. So um, if you've had a loss on a prior home that stays with that home, but your credit, because it's kind of factored in to your score, that's, that's still part of you. And that comes up on the clue report. Is that correct? Your claims history. Uh huh. Yes, that's correct. So would you help our listening audience understand what is a clue report? Because you hear about a credit report, but you never hear about clue reports that I understand. It's not something that's advertised. So help our listeners understand what is a clue report? Um, a clue report is really just a loss history um, on the property itself. What's going on with that? What's what's happened? Is Has there been water damage there? Has there been... Um, it's, it, it's, it's just a comprehensive look at um, a seven year period for auto and property claims. Hey, Jill, I had a, I had a question. Um, a lot of the baby boomers own their homes out right now and as to coverage. Mm -hmm. And actually this came up the other day in a conversation. Does, is there such a thing in homeowners insurance like there is health insurance of catastrophic coverage versus complete total coverage? Yes. Um, so if you are, uh, it depends on the policy that you choose, but you have the option to choose a much lesser policy that's just going to cover fire or just going to cover um, tornadoes. Tornado, yes. Versus something that's going to be um, a like lot a baseball through your window or something and right. mm -hmm. things like yes. that. And that's the difference basically between an all risk policy and a named perils policy. But the what I what I try to encourage people to understand is the whole point of insurance is to transfer that risk away from yourself to a carrier that can handle the loss. Um, and so I I most people want that more comprehensive coverage, but they don't necessarily know what they have. So they don't know what they have until claim time sometimes. And that that's that's not the time to find out what's in your policy. And deductibles matter too on cost, right? Absolutely, yes. And that's um, that's becoming a bigger and bigger issue. You know, uh, people are asking all the time right now, why are costs going up? Why why have my homeowner's insurance rates gone up? And there's lots of reasons for that. Um, but one of them is uh, just the continued inflation going into 2023 higher storms, you know, I, I don't think that people really realize because even though we see it on the news, you don't necessarily realize that the cost of that impacts your policy too. We live in Texas, so it's a huge state. We have all kinds of losses. Um, it, you may not be in a wildfire area, but there's wildfires in Texas. Um, North Texas, we live in the hail capital. So we have hail losses all the time. We have storms all the time. We've had several pop up just in the last few weeks. <coughs> So, so that makes a difference too. So if I understand it, I'm going to put it in my simple terms since sure. I'm a simpleton is 
even though I'm not on the coast in Galveston or Corpus, I help pay for hurricane damage while they down there help pay for hail damage up here. Yes. So it's if you think of um, lots of people, it's a pool basically. And I don't. I want to be careful about using that word. But if you think about how insurance works, it's many people paying the losses of a few. So you had a you had a score earlier. Blair was talking about it with credit. What about if you know you've had insurance fifteen years, you've never made a claim? That doesn't matter, does it? Oh, I think it does matter. Sure, it matters. You're much better risk if you've never filed a claim. Matter of fact, uh, as an agent, I talk to my clients all the time about whether or not it's a good idea to file a claim because depending on the type of loss you have, um, and that's actually a way to mitigate your cost for insurance is taking a higher deductible. Um, but the type of claim that you have and the, the propensity to file claims and the number of claims that you have. So it's not just the fact that you filed a claim, it's how often do you file a claim and what's the severity of that claim? So it's, it's, a, it's a combination of frequency and severity. Both of those things matter. Understood. So even though prices have gone up pretty drastically on homeowners insurance, you still might be not as drastic as if you've made a lot of claims. Correct. Correct. And sometimes, depending on the number of claims that you've made, you may not be offered a policy. That's the other problem in our in our current market um, is that you've got costs that have gone have skyrocketed, uh, but you also have a narrowing of the market. So carriers are now looking at whether or not we even want to do business in this area or what is our capacity to do business in this area and what is our offering going to be going forward. And so what that means is for the average individual um, that they don't necessarily see is that there's stricter underwriting going on now than there's, than there's been in many, many years. It's interesting since I just turned 35 and AARP, I reached out and, um, you know, they would not offer homeowners insurance. I think your math is off there, Alan. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere. I don't, I, I hear a monkey, but I hear something. I don't know what it is. Anyway, um, I was talking to the people that, you know, they have ads. And so you call just to see what's going on. And in Texas, because I'm a 1099, they wouldn't offer homeowners coverage. They said, we'd sure love to help you with your car. And I said, well, you know, you can't do that because you put it all together, right? Yeah, I know. I, what's up with that? She goes, I really don't know. I don't like it, but it's the rules. So they are getting stricter. I have no idea. I guess 1099 goes to, can you pay the bill or something? I don't know. Well, it's kind of, a, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you're, it, it, if you think about even the valuation of a home, but we'll come back to the 1099 thing in a second. Um, different people have a different value on your home than you do. So the city wants a higher value because they want more tax revenue. The bank wants to cover their loan. The insurance carrier is interested in re in rebuilding it to its value. So there's some there are some conflicting forces going on there, right? To determine yeah. what is the actual value. Same is true as a 1099. You're trying to keep your income lower. Um, but they're looking at your ability to your credit, your ability to pay your all, all kinds of things. So all of those things tend to, to work together. Uh, you had said something also that I was going to, uh, comment on and, um, I've forgotten now. Well, I just thought the credit history part would cover the 1099 thing. 
I just thought the credit thing would cover the 1099 issue, oh, but she said it did not, not for that carrier. Uh, well, it, and every carrier, keep in mind that every carrier, while there are some basic rules, every carrier has their own underwriting guidelines. So what might be an appetite for one carrier is not going to be <laughs> for another carrier. So you so, might get an offer from one carrier and not another. Can I ask a simple question? Because I heard something different in your comment. Um, did I, <coughs> pardon me, did I understand correctly that you said some people, even though they might be able to buy a home, are uninsurable? Depending on their loss history. Yes. Yeah, matter of fact, I'm working on uh, right now with a client who uh, bought his first home this spring and has already had a loss. Um, and we're trying to determine whether or not he will end up having one loss or two. Well, there's a very high chance that if he has two losses, if it's not paid under one loss, that he'll be uninsurable next year, or he'll have to go to an excess market, which is significantly higher than the standard market in terms of price. Uninsurable is such a big deal. I mean, that is monstrous. It is. It's a very big deal. And now in North Texas, especially, um, we have carriers that are, are pulling out of North Texas um, because they can't pay the claims. And, and that's, that's disturbing for a client who doesn't really understand that when you're, when you're getting insurance, you're actually applying for insurance. You're not just going to the store and buying it off the shelf. You actually have to qualify. Um, and we've had a very nice market for many, many years, but this is truly one of the hardest markets we've had. Um, it's the hardest market I've ever seen. And um, so when you apply for your coverage, um, companies are looking, looking at their guidelines in a much more strict way than they ever have before. And even doing home inspections, drone inspections, um, many times you have to supply uh, documentation before they'll even give you a quote. It's not, yeah. it's not the same. It's not the same market. Well, let's go to our resident caveman and see, you know, Tom, is this the first time this has ever been happening or is there's some back time that you weren't able to cover your cave or anything with insurance? Well, when I went from a cave to a teepee, <laughs> the teepee was much more expensive to cover because, you know, the structure was easily blown away by wildfires and buffalo running over it. Gotta love all I can that rigging, man. So the insurance agents at that time, they were all pretty uh, to st uh, to stiff on it. I, I do, I do want to ask Jill. Uh, in my class, I teach folks about forced placed insurance, mm -hmm. and the reference, of course, to forced place may be your secondary market. Is that that is that a similar where we would go get that? Similar, yes. And I think that's um, you know going back to how people can avoid that. Um, many times, people will buy a policy and they just kind of forget about it they're not particularly active with their agent. And that forced policy comes into play because a, a lender doesn't think there's coverage on there, on the policy, on the home. And especially for instance, with flood insurance nowadays, because flood maps have been moving around and yes, your, 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 your owner of the house may have gotten a notice from FEMA that they're now in a flood zone and they ignored it because it looked That's like right. junk mail. That's correct. And, and, and that's really, uh, thank you for saying that because 
it is so important to communicate those things to your agent because you the agent may not know until you come up for renewal that the loan has changed or has or the you know the the map has changed and so that becomes a hurry up hurry up hurry up and fix situation which can then have another negative effect on your mortgage going forward because maybe the payment gets made um, when you really needed it to go to a different carrier or you know, i mean there's it can be a very convoluted mess before before we go any further can you please help our listeners understand y'all talked about a map what does that mean i i have a oh, map i think what tom was referring to was the flood mapping and um because we've had so much construction in texas you, our we don't have all the green space that we used to have and so there's no place for that water to go well all of those maps the the the, the state maps out your state to see where is my where is the water going to rise where is the flooding going to take place well some you may not have ever been in a flood zone well now you might be depending on how the mapping turns out and that only affects normally when the map does change the flood zones that's FEMA, correct that's correct um they grandfather in most of those homes without notification and then the new buyers we discover there is a flood zone and they are required yeah. for flood insurance. Is that yes, they're required. how it happens? Generally speaking, but you now, can buy it on your shouldn't, own. Shouldn't you have some type of idea of that when you were obtaining your uh, your mortgage uh, yes. during that process, right? It's, that shouldn't be something that surprises you necessarily. Is that correct? That's Jill? correct. Yes, that's correct. And and I think um, everything is pretty complicated in the home buying process. And if you're a first time buyer, um, there's so much coming at you and it's important to have a great lender. It's important to have a good insurance agent. It's, a, it's important to have great people in your corner to help you understand all those things. So just trying to wing it on your own, you can find yourself in a, in a, in a, in a mess. So how much coverage is required? How does a, somebody figure out how much I'm required to have, because there is a minimal requirement set by the lender, I would believe. Based on the loan, you actually are the expert in that, Blair, um, but it's based on the loan. Uh, most of the time, the lender wants the loan covered. That's their financial interest in the property. Um, the carrier wants a replacement cost valuation so that the home can be rebuilt um, the way that it's currently set up and another that's another good reason why you're the the client needs to be active in that in that conversation um so that so that we make sure that we've got enough coverage on it to to meet everyone's requirement what does the policyholder want it to look like what does the lender want it to look like and what does the insurance company want it to look like those the are replacement value that's a tricky thing too i just went through this whole process and it's kind of why I'm up to date on a lot of this stuff is you, you get you get all these quotes and they're all over the place. Mm -hmm. And when you look at them close, replacement values are different. Uh, contents are different. I mean, it's it's really I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, it didn't seem like a big deal. Boy, it does now. It's well, it's so different. It's a that's actually a great um, conversation to have a little bit because uh, I think sometimes we're so used to moving very, very quickly through things to get them done and off our plate. Um, I actually had a conversation uh, with a with a person not real long ago, and they were, I think they were a little hesitant and pushed back. Why are you asking me all these questions? Why are you asking me? Nobody's ever asked me that before. Well, it goes right back to what we were saying about stricter underwriting guidelines. And you want 
a fair representation of what that home really looks like. And I, I tell people all the time, if you have a loss, do you want what you have or are you going to be okay to have something that might just function? Do you want those quartz countertops or do you just want a functional countertop? Those are different things. And so you have to, I've never been in your home. So you have to describe that to me. You have to tell me, you have to help me understand what your home looks like. I might be able to get some pictures from Zillow, but are they up to date? Have you done any upgrades? You know, COVID people did a ton of upgrades to their homes, but they never bothered to increase their, um, their replacement coverage. costs, their yeah. coverage, right? So, so it's important to have a conversation. Those spot yeah. conversations are important. Yeah, it, it literally took me a month to get through it all and, do what I thought was a good diligent job uncovering our home, but it was, I'd say the hardest I'd ever had to work at it. Mm -hmm. Let's understand, I think, you know, break it down for someone. Replacement costs means I'm taking the land value out of the equation and I'm replacing the home that's on top of the land. We're not it's replacing just, the land. Yes. So it's not a total replacement of your loan cost. But as a lender, yes, we're wanting the whole loan to be covered and valued mm -hmm. so that we can cover our lending cost out of that. Correct. So then you've got your internal personal property coverage, meaning, hey, I want 100,000 of it covered or I want 200,000. I think my personal property inside the home is worth more or so forth. So there's many levels like you're saying, and you need to find out and figure out what you're wanting to cover. Correct. Now we're gonna require a certain level of coverage as the lender, but generally people have personal coverage that we don't talk about. We don't worry about. It's their decision. And many times that's a default figure also. Well, what else does somebody need to be worried about? We set a standard here we want to cover as the lender, but what are those other things besides personal property that people look at it? Well, you need to consider your lifestyle. You know, do you have company? Do you have guests at your house all the time? Do you have a pool? Do you have a trampoline in your backyard do you have custom curtains do you have hardwood floors you know there's there's a there's because all of those feed to different parts of the of the policy so if you're hosting you know barbecues every weekend you probably want a little more liability coverage than um than and you also want pet coverage. coverage you can't forget our little four-legged that's, exactly right. that's exactly right that's exactly right that's exactly right Larry, I wouldn't say little when it comes to your pup. Oh, come on. He's just a little dog eater. Little dog Man eater. <laughs> he protects his backyard very well. <laughs> but we do, you know, live in a in a in a state that's fairly high risk. And um, so we're we're hit with lots of different things that that um, cause problems. You know, we have a lot of different perils here. Um, and and the other thing too that, that you have to think about is many of those those perils whether it's an earthquake or a uh, flash flood or a fire um, or a hurricane for example those things are costing more and more and more because of supply chain issues lower labor costs lower labor opportunities and so all of those things feed into the cost of of all of this we have a lot of people that actually rent homes that that watch uh, welcome home radio mm -hmm. and listen can you explain renter's insurance a little bit for our audience? Sure. Yeah. Um, so renter's insurance is basically for your personal property. Um, there is an element of liability to it um, so that if if they have a problem, um, the 
there's some coverage to protect them there, but it's designed to protect your personal property because you don't own the home. Um, but if something were to happen on that property, there's, there's nothing to say that, that for example, if your dog bites someone and you're renting a home, well, the person who got bitten is going to sue you because you own the dog. And they're also going to sue the homeowner because maybe the fence wasn't in great repair or, um, somehow the dog you shouldn't have climbed the fence. Shouldn't have climbed the fence. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious, you know, as a as a guy who owns homes and rents them out, do you ever consider that when you're absolutely you know, matter of fact, Lord? most of my um, investment uh, customers, people that have investment properties, I always tell them, you know, as your agent, if you would like for me to write a renter's policy for your tenant, I'm happy to do that. The benefit to you as the owner of that property is you're going to know whether or not that renter's policy has stayed in place um, and that protects you as the homeowner um, because a lot of times people will buy a policy and to meet a need and then they cancel it and the the homeowner the actual homeowner doesn't even know so it's it's important to work with your agent and it's important to make sure that those things are maintained yeah that's good information i had not really heard that before and the, the other thing, too, is your tenants, um, you need to be very clear with them, especially in this area. Um, you know, we have over 7000 roofers in North Texas, in Texas, not North Texas, but in Texas. And so you need to make sure that your tenants are not allowing somebody to just crawl up on your roof and check it out. You know, you'll get people to come by and say, hey, I'll give you a free inspection. Well, you need to be careful about that. You don't want somebody falling off your roof and breaking an arm or a neck or you know tom have you ever you know had any of those issues in your history of you know me falling down on a property every time i go to one no your tenants your tenants oh, oh no they're healthy they do fine um <laughs> How much I, I, I am very curious i am <laughs> i am very curious about the tenant policy mm -hmm. and uh, i own property uh, do you have to do it for each individual property or can you get, I mean, I carry an umbrella policy. Is well, it, you're talking is about it, two different things. Can I jump in just for a second? So, right. so your homes are on one policy and you're covering the home and your liability and you have an umbrella policy sitting over that. But what what is valuable for you as an owner is to make sure that that tenant has coverage so that God forbid something happened, their stuff is covered and they're not coming to you um, for coverage for their things. Um, or there's another level of liability if something were to happen. So you can, you know can do that. that as far as you're part of the lease agreement, can't you? You certainly can. Yes. You well, and, and it's in my lease agreements. Maybe I just misunderstood. I thought you were saying I could get actually a tenant policy for the tenants and then you have that coverage that no. has to do that but you okay. can require okay. it well that, I, that's what i was thinking is yes. you can uh, doing it. it correctly i just was wondering if there was something i was missing there with the tenant policy that i can get it and that type of deal i did have a student in one of my classes this weekend talking about an insurance claim that was done on a manufactured home and the owner of the manufactured home mm -hmm. took the claim um, and there's apparently a mortgage or actually it may have been a, a chattel type situation, took the claim and then 
took the money, got the mortgage company to sign off on taking the money, and then took the manufactured home with him somewhere else and hasn't put anything back on the spot. So I would assume that that is insurance fraud as far as mortgage fraud as well. I can't speak to the mortgage fraud position, but... <clears throat> Well, I will tell you it's mortgage fraud. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the idea behind insurance is that when you file a claim, the, you pay your deductible and the carrier pays the balance of, mm. of the loss. And they the expectation, and this is coming back to that same conversation earlier about stricter underwriting guidelines, um, they're expecting you to repair the damage to the home. And now what they're doing is they're and, and they've done this for a while, but they hold back a portion of that settlement until you provide proof that the, that the repairs have been done. Um, and the reason for that is for many years, there was no follow up on that. And so uh, a carrier would pay for damage to a roof, for example, and maybe they took that money and put a pool in and never got the roof repaired. Well, the carrier isn't going to pay twice for the same roof. They're not going to do that. So but you know what you always hear funny. still is like spend it however you like. You hear stuff like, "Oh, is it true? Come on now, you, the the you have to pay your deductible and the roofer ain't going to cover it." <laughs> uh, yeah, I, we yes. Let's talk about that. So House Bill twenty one hundred two, which was became effective September first of two thousand nineteen. You cannot work with a roofer that tells you that 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 they will eat or absorb or waive your deductible, that is a class B misdemeanor. So that's actually great, great information and great. Um, so that's on the homeowner's shoulders. But they're putting their sign in my front yard. So it's advertising. They're going to get advertising value. You don't have to let them put your sign up. I was going to say, I, I wouldn't, you know, it's, it's really important. This is, you know, what I always tell my clients is it's very important to work with solid professionals. Um, so for example, uh, my roofer that I refer, uh, he's licensed, which many roofers are not. We still live in Texas, the wild, wild west. Um, out of that 7,000, probably 400 are licensed. Um, that's a non-regulated industry. And so when you allow somebody to get up on your roof as the homeowner, you are allowing, you're, you're exposing your own liability coverage as well. So the, the reality is it's very important to work with a qualified, licensed, insured roofer um, that you know does great work because if something, oh, I think I, did I lose you? No, you're here. No, oh, you're here. You're here. Oh, must be, okay, sorry. My computer just like. The delay. Yes, the delay. Anyway, um, so that that's a law now. Um, so anybody who tells you that they can waive your deductible, I, I would just say, no, thank you. And if, and if a homeowner does it, it's on the homeowner. It's on both the homeowner and the roofer, because technically, you, I mean, when you sign an insurance contract, that's still a contract. You've agreed to pay your deductible. That's your portion of the contract. Ah, but who reads those? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually a, a it's, it, it was a very common practice many years ago, but I will not work with a roofer who does that. And my, I tell my clients not to work with roofers who do that. Before we go too far, I want to go back to a, a, a word used that I don't think people understand. And I probably don't understand it. What is exactly an umbrella? 
policy. Sure. Tom, Tom said it earlier. I don't think a lot of listeners are going to understand it. I don't understand it. What is an umbrella? So if you think of an umbrella, like exactly like an umbrella, like you would put it up to go outside to keep you covered from the rain. It is exactly the same concept in insurance. It sits, it's, it's a policy that sits over and above your home, your cars, your rental properties, all of your personal exposures. Same for business. If you have a business, if there's a commercial umbrella that sits over everything and, and it's just another layer of protection uh, of liability protection. Okay. Do I need a home inspection to get an insurance policy? Uh, you, that's, that's becoming more common. Um, yes, you don't necessarily have to have one, but carriers are starting to ask for that. Um, some carriers require it even to get a proper quote. I have a carrier that if you don't have, if you're not a first time buyer and you're coming to them, they, they want an inspection that's been done within the last 12 months before they'll even, uh, guarantee that quote. So that's becoming a little more commonplace and that's a cost to the homeowner. So um, another reason to get with a solid company and then um, and then hopefully hopefully stay with them for a while. Can they use the same home inspection that's used when they're buying the property? As long as it's within 12 months. But once it's past that 12 month mark, no, you have to get a new one. Is homeowner insurance tax deductible? Not that I'm aware of. For all those CPAs and accountants That's out there. That's a CPA question for sure. I, I'm not a tax person. Sorry. You write it off on your investment properties. Yes, of course. So what you, else have we not asked? I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tom. You had mentioned about the extra people coming over for barbecues, which I know happens at Alan's house every weekend. Uh, but uh, but I've never been invited. I've Just, never been invited. I know. Neither. I know. We're we're Lucky all. Lucky I hear those weird noises again. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> but if I run an Airbnb out of my house, what kind of uh, heads up should we be giving our listeners as far as Airbnbs? Ooh, that's a new market. Um, and, <laughs> And um, it's it's something else that's coming up. I'll answer that in just a second. Um, Something else that's very new is people are renting out their pools for parties. I wouldn't advocate that. Um, It makes. Yes. People, it's, it's, I don't think that people understand that what happens on your property, you're responsible for. So, I would be very careful about that. I am not responsible for them having a wedding in my backyard. I'm sorry. They decided to get married. Not responsible. Yeah. They well, just showed think, up. Think about the liability of, and I've heard there's that app for that, but you've got people using your barbecue, drinking beer or hanging out around the pool and who knows what can happen. I mean, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you do, you do want to make sure that if you're in that situation, that's a little more detailed. Um, we would have to, Talking about the downer Duffy speaks a lot. Just you know, look look at the the market as it is. A lot of cities are banning those. Yes, it is. Uh, I bet we see the same thing with the quote unquote pool rentals or backyard rental. Yes, it's it's really not a smart um, idea to expose yourself to that to that degree. It's it's scary. Well, you know, renting's on a roll. Commercial, you know, big 
-hmm. asset management companies are buying neighborhoods that you can rent only and it's just another reason to go rent instead of buy you don't have to worry about a lot of this stuff yeah jill so, before yeah. we go too much further let's let's make sure people know how to get a hold of you okay um you can call me directly uh, my number is 972-251-9881 our website is www.orhins.com and um that's my cell phone number so you're you can reach out to me anytime awesome well, guys, I got to tell you, it's been a it's been a very great conversation for people to understand what insurance does, what are the costs, and what can I do about it. Uh, any final comments that we, any final questions that we can cover real quick? I would like to just offer a couple of ways to lower your costs if, if we have a minute. Um, so it's really important to check your discounts every single year. Sometimes things fall off or get misplaced or you know, just make sure that you're checking those things. And then if you've got protective devices in your home, make sure that your agent is aware of that. Keep documentation, documentation is key. Um, increasing your deductibles brings your costs down. And, and it's important, it's important to, to do it early. You know, you're, you get notification about 30 days in advance. Don't wait until the last minute, like start, start working with your agent, you know, at that 30 day mark, um, if you can, or even prior to that, but, most of the time, 30 days is, is plenty of time to shop and, and see what's out there. And, and then um, make sure that you're keeping your home maintained, you know, properly so that, so that it's, it's, a, it's a risk that a carrier would like to have. <laughs> and they need to keep that time, that 30 day time frame. let's say they have escrows. So you, you could do that all at the same time without coming out of pocket as, as much. Am I on the right track there as far as if you time it for that yes. with your escrow account? You want to make sure that you're making changes before your escrow account pays your bill if that's possible. It doesn't mean that it can't be unwound and undone and re, um, reapplied, but that's just more, it's just more labor and more, more work for both you and your agent. And that's okay because um, people are busy, but still, if you can get in front of it, you can kind of avoid that. It's interesting uh, on uh, auto insurance, a uh, company's making us use an app yeah. on driving safely. And yes. I'll be the first to, it's really helping. No texting while I'm driving. I've learned a lot. I had a lot of bad habits. It's, it, thank you for bringing that up actually, because um, I think people are tend to be a little bit afraid of that, but it does give you the opportunity to monitor your own driving. And if you're a good driver, then you'll be rewarded with, with a lower premium. Now, I always tell my clients, you need to be honest with yourself. If you're a naughty driver, don't do it because it's going to have the opposite effect. I was, but I'm learning. <laughs> I'm glad you recognize that. Well, guys, thank Jill, thank you so much for joining us and helping our listeners understand more about insurance and what they can do about as costs go up or or a challenge or opportunity comes around sure. you know this is a we try to help everybody understand so please comment find us at welcomehomeradio.net follow us like us share us and so blessed to to be a part guys thank you so much i'm blair thomas i'm tom holm jill i enjoyed this i'm alan pace thank i'm jeff you. Duffy. thank you jill thank god you bless y'all have a great day Welcome Home Radio production provided by Lunatic Digital. 
check the listing of this podcast for the links to our sponsors. And don't forget to like, share, and follow us on social media. Visit welcomehomeradio.net for more information. This was a Lunatic Digital production. Visit lunaticdigital.com for all your digital needs.